the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is SoCal Live with Scott Furrow. Join the conversation now by texting Scott in the SoCal Live studio at 213-537-3812. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Southern California Live. I'm Pastor Scott Furrow. Happy Valentine's Day. Guys, did you know that? It's Valentine's Day. You still got a few minutes if you want to leave work early and come up with a plan. You still got time to figure it out. Uh, if you need to, but uh, something I do not recommend is the romantic hot air balloon ride. I'm thinking this year is a good year to skip that one. Unless you just want to uh, have some kind of adventure in your relationship, you know, get shot down. <laughs> Apparently that might be what we were shooting at the last three days. Anyway, hey, what is, uh, what's the best Valentine's Day? Or what are some things that you would do to to build somebody up, your spouse, maybe somebody that you're dating, maybe just a friend, you know, just something that on a day like today where there's so much pressure, right? Valentine's Day is interesting because it's been around for hundreds of years, actually. Since the 17th century, people have been celebrating it. They've been exchanging gifts, putting chocolate on fruit, and putting unnecessary social pressure on singles and couples and married people everywhere. Uh, there's a lot of pressure this day, uh, these days, and it's really... Uh, impacting people, and it's impacting the kids. Uh, that's why I want to ask, you know, what do you think is a really good thing to do for Valentine's Day? What are some good plans, some good ideas that you've had? Maybe just some ways to encourage one another. I say this because the uh, it's that way every year, but the CDC, Center for Disease Control, put out a uh, study over the past 10 years talking about how children are doing, in particular teens, and uh, it's not good, especially girls who are not doing as well as they were 10 years ago on all kinds of personal issues. The CDC is out with a disturbing new report today on teenage mental health that finds teen girls are experiencing record high levels of violence, sadness, and suicide risk. 57% of U.S. teen girls say they felt persistently sad or hopeless in 2021. That is double the number for boys. It's also a nearly 60% increase. And the the highest level reported for girls over the past decade. Now, that number is going up for boys. It went from 21% to 29 But between 20, 2011 and 2021, the, that 10-year period, um, according to this report, kids are feeling persistently sad or hopeless in increasing measures. 57% of young teenage women are, are doing that. Uh, that's pretty significant. I think it has to do with a whole lot of things that have changed in our culture over that period of time, including the pressures that are on people to accept views and accept a a worldview of the world, of our country, of the future that is that really has no hope. I mean, think about this for a minute. You know, we are in a situation where those kids, I'd love to know how you feel about it, because when I was a kid, this just wasn't a thing, really. Um, there was a lot more hope, I think, I feel like. I don't think that 57% are anywhere near that, and studies show that, were persistently sad or hopeless. I think this is happening because if you're being told that basically uh, the climate is going to be out of control and there is no future for you or your kids, you are being told that 
our country is bad, that men are bad, or that you're not the gender you think you are, that there's multiple genders, multiple different things, that there's really not a lot of hope. Like, think about this for a second. Outside of Jesus Christ and the hope that we have in Christ, outside of some people who are optimistic about how the world can be, which I think is something we all should be, regardless of how bad things seem to be. Things have been bad before. I think we should be optimistic. But outside of some optimism and outside of the permanent hope that we've gotten Jesus Christ, I can understand why people feel, why children are feeling persistently sad or hopeless. I've got two boys. They're 13 and 10. And they're at that age where we're talking about real life, and they've got a lot of real questions about things. And I have to give them the love of Christ, and I've got to give them a a positive view of the future and the ability to say, you know what, some of the things that we're dealing with today, those things can be overcome, that the new generation is going to have to overcome the lies that are being told. It's a pretty significant number. What do you think about this? And how are some ways that we can encourage each other? Maybe there's a good way to leverage uh, Valentine's Day for what it is uh, to help people. The number is 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. You can give me a call and join the conversation now, 888-528-2557. You can also send me an email, SoCalLive at KKLA.com, SoCalLive at KKLA.com. It is Valentine's Day, so uh, hopefully you're remembering that. I think, it, you know, it's a, it's a day that can be positive. You know, if you're married, you know, might be the day that uh, you spend a lot of extra time doing something for your, your mate, and that's, that's fine, but it's kind of uh, just there for you. And uh, Christy and I are going out tomorrow night somewhere. Tonight, uh, yeah, we got a cake, and, uh, you know, I, I'm going to tell you what I did. She knows what I did, so I'm not really spoiling it. Uh, and this isn't super romantic, guys. It's just, it's the thought. We've got two kids. We've got a busy evening. There's base, baseball and basketball and lots of stuff going on. Valentine's is hard, I think, in the middle of the week. But I went to Costco. They put little hearts on there, the cakes that they usually sell. You know, you got those. They got the flowers that are there, those kinds of gestures. We're going to have dinner, and I got Christy one of her favorite meals. We're going to do that. I got to say, though, it's nowhere near as romantic as I used to be in uh, Valentine's Day. It was easier before their kids, and that's part of it. I used to, we always did Valentine's Day at home, and I'd have have her, before we were even married, I'd have her over, not overnight, but over to the house for, for dinner, or I'd do it at her place. And um, then after we got married, I continued this. I would just have a different theme. I would go buy food from some region of the world, and I would cook it there. And we did we did New Zealand, we did Australia, we did, you know, Italian, of course, is easy. I think we did American food night, and we did uh, Korean food night. I cooked that one time, and... Uh, there were several different regions of the world. Pretty simple to do, actually, if you're looking for some kind of idea. Uh, today we're just doing Costco. Not not as romantic, and I'll admit that. Uh, but we've got a good time uh, tomorrow night. Uh, 888-528-2557. I think that when we, we're looking at these things, when I look at this study, here's some of what it says about teen girls in particular. There's stuff in there about boys, too. Boys always kind of get, uh, I think, pushed aside Um, But there is something that is alarming about such a high number of teen girls who are persistently sad or hopeless. It's the highest uh, rate seen in 10 years. Um, 30%, according to the survey of girls, say that they have seriously considered attempting suicide, up from 19% just in 2011. 
14% of teenage boys said the same thing. That's about the same, though, in 2011. Uh, there are, you know, they break it down into all kinds of different categories. This one, I got to, it's interesting to me. The rate of teen girls who have experienced sexual violence has increased by 20% just since 2017, when is the first year that the CDC first started tracking that. Um, I wonder what that means. Like 20%, that's a, that's a large number, 15% said that they were forced uh, to have intercourse. Does that mean rape? Does that mean, like, um, maybe drank too much? And, uh, you know, I don't know exactly how they break that down. I mean, if 15% of teenage girls have been violently raped, we're in a lot of trouble, right? Generationally, we are, in a, you know, we all know we're in a lot of trouble, but, I mean, that is a staggering statistic. I I have a sense that some of this might be uh, the idea of, violence, meaning sometimes there's speech of violence and other things. And sometimes speech is violent, but sometimes we just sort of label things that way and people are are growing up that way. Uh, Here's one of the quotes from the CDC's chief medical officer. Uh, America's teen girls are engulfed in a growing wave of sadness, violence, and trauma. Um, Over the past decade, especially girls have increased, have experienced dramatic increases in these experiences of violence, poor mental health, violence, suicide, violence is in there twice in the same sentence. It's kind of funny. Um, and suicide risk. And there's a lot to be concerned about this. I am concerned about it, but I don't think that they're giving any solutions that uh, are really something that makes sense. I think, though, as we think about this, this is uh, there's a couple of things that we should do, be doing. We really should be encouraging one another. And encouraging one another, not in a worldly sense, but really to build each other up as human beings. The CDC doesn't really give any um, really good solutions. Uh, The solutions are basically, you know, have more laws passed about uh, diversity and have more class work on uh, diversity and diversity training and equity and those kinds of things. Um, I wonder if it's those things, though, that are depressing people. I wonder if there is so many, so many laws and so many rules and so many different kinds of uh, approaches to this life that maybe it's depressing because there's so much that is not reality out there that you can't live with it. There's so much of a lack of hope that is offered out there that you can't live with it. You're listening to Southern California Live. The number is 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. It's Valentine's Day. What can we do to encourage our husbands or wives or other people in our life uh, on this day where we get these reports of some terrible things? 888-528-2557. Susan, welcome to Southern California Live. Hi, Scott. I love your show. I listen to it as much as I can. Thank you, Susan. But... You're welcome. Um, my husband and I have been married for over 36 years, and um, every Valentine's Day, um, I almost always order the Valentine's Day dinner from either Bristol Farms or Gelson's, and it's perfect. You know, they do the salad, they do the specialty entree, they do a really nice um, dessert, and, you know, I set the table with my best china, you know, pick up flowers. And it's so easy. And, um, you know, sometimes um, when, our, when our kids were younger, I would order two dinners. So we'd have a Valentine's family dinner. And yeah. it's just a really easy way to enjoy the evening. No stress. And everyone's happy. Um, I, last, um, 
you can, you can have chocolate-covered strawberries, and we usually, like my husband gave me perfume this year, and um, I make a really special card for him. But simplicity is the key, and we always enjoy Valentine's Day. So I think, way to, uh, I think that's great advice to keep it simple, right? We put so much pressure yeah. on the day. You got to have a perfect date. You got to have right reservations. You got to do all this stuff. And uh, right. when you buy those meals, are they pre cooked or do you, or is it like they're just yeah. measured out and then you cook they're them? They're already. Yeah, they come in a box. Uh-huh. Um, you know, everything's already, they have instructions. You just heat it up and it's ready in like a half an hour. So, um, you can have a lovely romantic dinner at home and enjoy um, no stress, and everyone's happy. And, like, last night we, we also watched um, Gone with the Wind, which was kind of a cool movie to watch. We, didn't, we only watched the last half, but, you know, a special movie. I don't know. It's just you, really easy to do. And um, Did you watch the last half because done. you fast-forwarded, or it was just like you're flipping channels and, oh, Gone with the Wind, it's halfway over, and you just decided to finish it up? Well, um, three nights ago, we watched the first half, oh, and okay. then so we watched the second half. All right. But it's a, so um, I've had, we've always had a great Valentine's Day, and um, it's just the way that I've done it, and um, so how do you recommend it? All right. Well, that's a good thing, and your husband enjoys all of that. Yes, all right. he does. And uh, it's a way to work together. It gets him a little off the hook, I guess. But he did get you some perfume. Yes, That's nice. So he. Uh, oh yes. All right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he guys, you, you can't just get out. Get out of it. You got to do something. Right. All right. right. A gift. A gift is good. Right. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Susan. Thank okay. you so much for your call. Eight 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 five two eight two five five seven is the number. Eight 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 five two eight two five five seven. What are your Valentine's plans? What do you do to encourage one another? We were reading a report that talks about uh, teen kids in particular who are in a lot of trouble. Uh, CDC put out in uh, mental health with respect to um, looking for hope, uh, high suicide rates, lots of different things. I think when you look at the world today, it's understandable, but uh, part of the reason we should encourage each other, I think, is to to help with a lot of those things. 888-528-2557. Gabrielle, welcome to Southern California Live. Oh, uh, hello. How are you? I'm good, Gabrielle. How are you doing? Oh, I'm I'm great. Well, isn't this nice to get on the air? Uh, this subject touches me very deeply. Yeah. So what are your you know, thoughts? I myself, I'm 44, and I'm a survivor of uh, trauma and suicide. Mm. I'm actually writing a book called Dancing with Death. A okay. A story and of survival when, from trauma to triumph. When did you go through I, these things? Well, gosh. Uh, I was about 29, and I'm 44 now. Okay, so it's been a little while. Well, I'm really glad that you are. Uh, you've made so much progress on this. What what would what advice would you give? You know, in particular, young women right now who um, the CDC is saying are increasingly hopeless. Uh, really, honestly, uh, first and foremost, tune off of the the internet. Mm. Everyone's getting their perception of beauty and what. Um, what is important and the, the, what they're learning on the media actually is not serving them. And they wonder why they feel that way is because they're giving a lot of attention to things that won't fulfill them from the outside. Yeah. And the next thing I would tell them immediately, uh, is to do get into yoga, some kind of spirit, some kind of spiritual experience where you are able to connect with your body and the earth. All right. And find 
find purpose on the planet. Okay. Now, what did you, uh, when you had, uh, when you were going through this, what tipped you off that maybe Internet was, was that one of the things that was harming you, you thought? Well, you know, at the time I was a personal trainer and I had, because I was an abused child. So, you know, I was overweight and I struggled with body uh, dysmorphia. And I, I mean, but then I went uh, at the age of 29, all of a sudden, I'm like, in what people will say, I'm doing quotations with my hands, what is the best uh, the, the best version of me? And it was all about the physical. So I found myself the number one trainer, as beautiful as, you know, again, quotations mark, people uh, would say it is the path. And I was never unhappier mm. because... I was only working on the superficial outer within. And that's when, when I say yoga, yoga means union. I had no union with myself or with something greater than me that has many names. And God so, is the name I like to use. I, I had no connection with so you the felt... divine force that is there to support me. Right. And I wasn't connected with it. And, and really... Uh, I almost died, you know, is the yeah. truth. And when I came back, um, it's been a. I, I now I'm grateful for every single breath. Well, Gabrielle, I pre- I'm glad that you are uh, still with us. I I would encourage you when you as you explore things spiritually to seek out Jesus Christ. And I do. Uh, I am a Jesus lover. You know, I and do. to I understand uh, his his love and his presence in your life and what it means to believe in him. I think that is something that is, it's another part. That's another thing, you know. Thank you for your call, Gabrielle. I appreciate uh, you listening to Southern California Live. The number is 888-528-2557. You know, the, there is nothing in the CDC report that recommends uh, religion or anything uh, about God. And we're a Christian show, so we're going to point you to Jesus Christ in the things that you do. Um, and I believe that the the hope is there because he came up out of the grave, right? That, you know, the fear that people have about death, the fear that people have about— uh, and we have so much fear of death, right? When we think of all the different uh, things related to COVID and the shutdowns and the disease itself, the way we dealt with hospitals and old people and the vaccines and all the the shots and all the different things, all that controversy, what's swirling around all of it is a tremendous fear of death, uh, something that we're all going to face. But there is hope in Christ. There is hope that death is not the end. It's only a beginning for those who know Christ. And, you know, I think that's when we take a look, and I think Gabrielle uh, is right to point to the internet as something that has changed. So this study is from 2011 to 2021. What has proliferated since 2011? Uh, social media has proliferated since then, and the pressures that come along with that. I was talking with a uh, young person yesterday. She's in her 20s, and she said that a couple of years ago she got rid of all social media, all of it. She doesn't have anything. And she loves it. She says her life is so much better that the way she views life is better, the way that she has, spends her time is better. And social media is such a waste of time, right? There's there's some things in it that are that can be special and fun if you're connecting with people that you know. Um, but there's also so much doom and gloom. That's why they call it doom scrolling. You know, that thing that you do when you're on TikTok at uh, 7 p.m. and the next thing you know, it's time to get up for work. Uh, it, you're just, there's so much bad news. There's just so much comparisonitis that people do. 
I think. And I think this is causing a lot of mental distress. It's the, it's the social media. It is the pornography that has also pro- proliferated that not only are people viewing today in great numbers, but they're participating on it, in it because you can just do your own thing on there and make numbers. Let me make no mistake. Pornography is dehumanizing, not just for the people who are in it, but the people watching it. It's probably worse, honestly, the people watching. Did you know that? That the people who suffer tremendously physiologically when their mental health, all of these things, because what you're being presented with are things that are not actually real, expectations that are not that are not for real. That's proliferated. And people's expectations now are based on what they see on the internet and their pornography or social media. And you don't have those, those expectations aren't met in real life. It's just not a thing. I think this is something else that has got to take you back for the hope. You know, one of the reasons that kids are in trouble is we take away hope. There's no God. There's no morality. There's no right and wrong. There's no men and women. There is uh, also no chance of survival because the planet's going to die. There's, you know, we just sow so much fear in people. We have to stop. And there's, you know, I think things that we can do to uplift people. Do you include your kids in Valentine's Day? Do you include your kids? If you've got kids, do you include them? Now we're, we'll have our dinner tonight with the kids. We're going to do something else tomorrow. Um, but yeah, we're going to, I'm going to make the kids eat mom's favorite meal, which they're not real fans of, but uh, it's, it's actually really good. They're, they'll be fine. And there's chocolate cake. Uh, so, the, you know, that's, that's the deal. You got to eat the food or you get no chocolate cake. Uh, 888-528-2557 is the number, 888-528-2557. Later in our show, we will be giving away free tickets to Ask a Jew, Ask a Gentile, and it's a Jewish-Christian discussion with Dennis Prager and Eric Metaxas. It's going to be on February 20th. We'll be giving that away here uh, uh, this hour, so stay tuned for that. You're listening to Southern California Live. I'm Scott Furrow. When we come back, more on this subject. We'll be right back. Stay tuned. This is SoCal Live with Scott Furrow. Text Scott right now in the SoCal Live studio at 213-537-3812. Now, Christians would say that he chose the Jews uh, and that out of the Jews he would bring his Messiah. And through that Messiah, the whole world would be led to worship the God of the Jews, Mm -hmm. which I would say is the case among Christians. That's the Christians why, worship listen, the God of the Jews. That, that was Eric Metaxas talking with Dennis Prager um, in a conversation they had a few years ago about the difference between what Jews believe and what Christians believe. Well, we are going to be having that same conversation next Monday night with Dennis Prager and Eric Metaxas and me. Monday night, you can get your tickets right now at kkla.com. Go to kkla.com. Click on the link there. It's a Jewish-Christian discussion. It's going to be at Pasadena First Church of the Nazarene. And uh, starts at 7 p.m. You want to be there by 6.45. There's a VIP reception. I think there's still some tickets left for that. That begins at 5. You'll have a chance to meet Dennis Prager and uh, Eric Metaxas. And uh, so you can buy your tickets right now at kkla.com, or I'm going to give away free tickets. Caller number seven, who calls right now, 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. I'm going to give you two tickets to Ask a Jew, Ask a Gentile. It's next Monday night, February 20th, 7 p.m. So call right now, 888-528-2557. All right. Caller number seven. 
go ahead and call now. I'm excited about this. So it's less than a week away. You can still go. There's uh, plenty of room, Pazna, uh, as they call it, Pasadena First Church of the Nazarene. Lots of seats in there, but we have sold quite a few. So you want to uh, get your tickets now and go early. And, you know, Dennis and Eric are really good friends. In the next hour at 4 o'clock, I'm going to have Eric Metaxas on the show, and we're going to talk about uh, this event and talk about his new book, which I think is uh, a challenging one for you to read, Letter to the American Church. And we'll talk about all of that in the next hour. Um, but you're going to have a chance to meet these two guys and their friends. This is not a debate, right? I'm not moderating a debate between two different people. This is actually uh, two people who are friends. And they're they're both funny, too. So uh, we're all going to, the three of us are going to have a good time. And uh, I really encourage you to do that. So go to kkla.com, click on Ask a Jew, Ask a Gentile, and uh, get your tickets now for next Monday night. All right, the number is 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. Hello, welcome to Southern California Live. Who's this? Hello. Hello. Hi. Are you there? Guess what? You're caller seven. You get the free tickets. Wow. All right. That's great. I've been wanting to go see that, um, you know, conversation, discussion. So So what's your name? Alan Thorpe. Alan, where are you calling from? Uh, well, I live in Madrovia, California. Oh, okay. So this isn't too far from your place then. So that's uh, that's no, a real... No, it's not. Pasadena's a... like 12 minutes away. Oh, yeah. So. All right. Well, what are you looking forward to the most? What would you like uh, What would you like me to ask? Do you have any thoughts about this? No. I'm. Well, I don't. I actually just... I watched Eric Metaxas on his show, and I've heard Dennis Prager before, and I, I think it just would be a great discussion to be... It is. I know. Yeah, Yeah. I think we're going to learn a lot. So what I want you to do, Alan, is hold on, and uh, Wilbert's going to get your name and number. All right, so just hold on, and uh, we'll do that. We're going to give away tickets in the next hour also, in case you didn't get tickets, but you can go online right now, kkla.com, kkla.com, to get tickets. Just click the Ask a Jew, Ask a Gentile banner. It's right on the front of kkla.com, and uh, and you can go. Monday's President's Day, by the way. We will have a uh, President's Day show. And uh, that means the traffic, there'll be a little bit less. So if you're thinking, I don't know if I can make it to Pasadena during the, the traffic. Hey, it's a day off. You know what? The traffic will be less and uh, get somebody to stay with the kids. Uh, I suppose you could bring the kids if you think that they're old enough to, to uh, understand the, the things we'll be talking about in that conversation. All right, so that's coming up uh, on February 20th. Check it out. All right, before the break, it is Valentine's Day. We were talking about that. I was recommending uh, that you do not take a hot air balloon ride. I'll bet that there are people who have canceled their hot air balloon trips because of all the uh, shoot downs that are going on. I'll bet that the, I'll bet that if you're in that business you've probably I don't know, maybe maybe if you're in that business call me. Have you seen an increase in people wanting to go up there or are people canceling their trip? You know, um, maybe we should wait a couple of weeks on this. What are you doing for Valentine's Day? What are some traditions that you have or things that you think are uh, encouraging to your spouse to um uh, maybe somebody that you've, if you're single, if you're going on a date and, uh, you know, not to put pressure on it, you know, don't go on a date just for the, the sake of, uh, you know, the Valentine's day. I mean, you can, if you're all right with that and it's kind of fun. Um, I think we put all kinds of weird pressure on it though, don't we? Um, and really it should be there, um, to, to build each other up. And, you know, it's a reminder. It shouldn't be the only time. I think that's the, the hard part for a lot of us, right? Especially after we've been married a while, 
the birthdays and the Christmas time and the Valentine's Day. Um, we remember on those days, but it kind of doesn't count, right? It's uh, And I, I confess this to my wife um, once in a while. It's like, hey, we really need to, to do more and get out more and find somebody to stay with the kids and those kinds of things. It gets very difficult. So in a way, Valentine's Day can be a benefit, um, at least to make you do something. Even maybe that pressure is good. 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557 is the number. They don't know. It's named after St. Valentine. Did you know that? But there's a bunch of, of Valentines. They don't know who, which one it is. Did you know that? Uh, the holiday, I looked it up. I was curious. And the interesting thing is apparently that was a popular name, Valentine. And uh, historians, when they go back, they're not really sure um, who it is that they are. Uh, they're not really sure which Valentine, which guy named Valentine is the guy. The holiday begins with the Roman festival of, of Lupercalia is what it's called which was held in mid-February. That's where the idea comes from. And the festival uh, celebrated the coming of spring, okay, which included uh, some fertility rites and also included the pairing off of women with men by lottery. That's what they did. They paired off women and men by lottery. That's how it began. Uh, it was a lot like the 1970s. Uh, actually, it's a lot like, it's a lot like today, right? If, like if you're bothered by this idea that uh, they're pairing off men and women by lottery, uh, all you got to do is watch the, uh, that TV show called The Bachelor, it's pretty much the same thing, isn't it? Or isn't there one right now, The Farmer Takes a Wife, or some show I was watching advertised on uh, the Super Bowl or something like that? It's uh, people haven't changed. You know, the culture just, it doesn't really change. We, we change the methods a little bit, but we're kind of the same. Uh, 888-528-2557, if you want to join the conversation. What do you do for Valentine's Day? What are your suggestions? Uh, the history of it is at the end of the fifth century, uh, Pope Gelasius I um, replaced that holiday with St. Valentine's Day. There were lots of Christian martyrs named Valentine, so not really sure which one it is. It's really interesting. But it, in, a, in the 14th century um, is when it came to be about romance. The best theory is that uh, the right guy, Valentine, was a priest who would marry couples off so that they would the husbands would not have to go to war. So the idea was that they didn't really want to draft uh, married men into the military as much as they could. So if you didn't want to go, you, your way of getting a deferment, I guess, was to get married. And this priest Valentine would uh, marry people all the time. Uh, that's what he was doing. And he became uh, St. Valentine. So when you get married, you have other responsibilities, right? And uh, single single soldiers are sold out to the cause, but married soldiers have responsibilities uh, back home. Interestingly enough, that's the way uh, the Apostle Paul saw our relationship with Christ. You ever read that passage in First Corinthians uh, about this? First Corinthians chapter 7. Because of this present crisis, I think that it is good for a man to remain as he is, meaning unmarried. That's what he says. Uh, and then he says, are you pledged to a woman? Then do not seek to be released. You know, are you free from such commitment? Do not look for a wife. That was Paul's advice. Uh, if you do marry, you have not sinned, he says. And if a virgin marries, she has not sinned. But those who marry... He says this interesting thing here, but those who marry will face many troubles in this life, and I want to spare you this. That's an interesting comment there. There's a bunch of interesting comments there when he says, but those who marry will face many troubles in this life, and I want to spare you this. You know what's funny? In 25 years of marriage, and I began in ministry with young singles, young adults, okay? They didn't want to be called singles. They don't, but you know, people in their 20s. 
they would ask me all the time what that means. What do you mean they will, uh, you know, what uh, that married people will face many troubles in life? Uh, single people ask me what that means all the time, but married people have never asked me what that means ever. The second thing I think is really interesting about that passage is he calls it the present crisis. And he addresses the present crisis in Rome, the crisis that that church in Corinth was having. And by the way, if you're ever thinking that the church isn't doing well or your church isn't doing well or the church in America, we talk about that sometimes. But, you know, um, the church in Corinth was a disaster. Those people were such a disaster. And something that encourages me about the church and what God is doing with the church and the hope that we have in the church is reading about these New Testament churches and particularly the Corinthians. They were a mess. And I think if I were Paul, I would want to kick that church to the curb. And uh, he's mad at them. You know, if you study it, you recognize that we have First and Second Corinthians, but they're really probably Second and Fourth Corinthians, that there's two letters that were missing. And uh, some people think that there's a couple of letters that were not inspired by God, probably because Paul just chewed them out. Um, something like that. We know there's other letters because he's writing about other letters. It says that in there. And he calls it this present crisis. You know, one of the things that can give us hope, we started out the hour by talking about the crisis that kids have, particularly young women in this new CDC study. The boys' crisis has been there for a long time. This present crisis is very spiritual. It's a spiritual battle. The nature of the battle that we're having with husbands and wives, the nature of the battle that we're having with our kids, the nature of the battle that is dividing people in so many ways, and the nature of the, the lack of truth that is so much a part of our culture, even the lack of a, a perceived need for truth, that fewer and fewer people even see truth as something that is solid, that is truth, right? This is a spiritual crisis, and it is for us today the same as it was back then. This is why your Bible is so relevant. This is why your Bible speaks to this present age. Paul was writing to the Corinthian church 2,000 years ago, but he might as well be writing to us. That's the way we should take it, and that's that's the inspiration of God. That is how the Bible is, right? It's written to a particular group of people at a particular time in history, but it's written for them and for us. And God does amazing, amazing things. I'll tell you more about that and uh, something going on at a, a school in New Hampshire where they uh, decided to change all of the bathrooms to uh, to anybody can use them, whichever sex you are, and uh, something that the students did in that high school. I'll tell you more about that when we come back. This is Southern California Live. I'm Scott Furrow, your host. I'll be back as the Tuesday edition continues. Stay tuned. This is SoCal Live with Scott Furrow. Join the conversation now by texting Scott in the SoCal Live studio at 213-537-3812. Guilford High School students staging a walkout Friday in response to the school board's bathroom restrictions that limit the number of students who can use the facilities to the number of stalls available. Nobody asked for this. Nobody but the few parents who complained to the school board asked for this. The board voted on the measure on Monday after a proposal was brought forth that would change the district's bathroom policy, which allows students to use whichever bathroom aligns with their gender identity. The proposal would require students to use the bathroom associated with their biological sex, male or female.
while students agreed they do not like the current bathroom restrictions. We're all at high school, and the fact that you see this many people out here right now ready to kind of stand against the school board just kind of signifies that. Some have different opinions about what should be done to address the larger issue. As a female, I don't, I don't think that it's safe to have males in our bathroom. This is creating just a complex system of inequality within our LGBTQ plus students. Teachers, parents, and administrators tell News 9 they're happy students were able to come together peacefully. That was a news report from Milford, New Hampshire, where the school board voted to get rid of the uh, urinals in the school bathrooms uh, because they're they're discriminatory or sexist or something, and they create the idea that there might be a separate bathroom for men and a different bathroom for women, and we can't have that. Um, and the students actually had a walkout and saying, this isn't for us. Even you know most of the kids who are uh, dealing with some of those issues didn't like it. There's, you know, so good for those kids. I don't think we should have to have 14-year-old kids, though, saying, hey, I don't feel safe in the ladies' room if there are dudes in there. That's the crazy thing that, crazy world that we're living in today. The CDC study that said that uh, teens, especially teen girls, are hopeless and depressed, 57%. That's how they feel that the suicide rates are wet. Maybe it's because we're just shutting them out. We've been shutting the boys out for years. Now we're shutting them out. It's just, uh, it's a it's a bad thing. As we get into, uh, as we talk about Valentine's Day, you know, there's there's a way to redeem a lot of this. We were talking before the break, and you can call and join the conversation, 888-528-2557. I want to know what you're doing for Valentine's Day, or what is your, uh, what is a positive thing that you have done or that you do for Valentine's Day that encourages uh, your spouse or the person that you're taking out, or maybe you just encourage friends, uh, and maybe you're having a Galentine's Day and you're just, uh, in, you know, encouraging one another. Do dudes do that? I don't think guys get together on Valentine's Day and, uh, you know, maybe we go to the driving range or something. Um, 888-528-2557 is the number. Paul, in the book of First Corinthians, talks about something controversial where he says that it's better for uh, people not to marry. Um, he says, but then he talks about getting married. He doesn't say it's against, but he says, you know, when you're not married, you can be sold out for a cause, but when you get married, you have other responsibilities. When you're not married, you can be sold out for the cause of Christ and give all of your time for that. But when you're married, you have family and you have other responsibilities. And, uh, he accepts that and gives some instruction for that. I think that that's where most people are. I don't think most people have the uh, ability, at least at first, not to get married. I think when you're when you get older, if you don't get married, most people do. But if you don't, I think that you you learn a pretty good way of living life that day. And maybe maybe days like today are irritating. But for most of us, it is um, an important day. I think to take a minute and actually build up uh, the person that you're with. What are some things that uh, you do? I think it brings up a lot of emotion. Paul talks about the present crisis, the spiritual crisis that we're in in 1 Corinthians. I think that we have that same crisis today. The present crisis, the spiritual crisis we're in, the battle is, is raging over our relationships, and we're attacked in the area of romantic love and attraction and ultimately marriage. And what I believe the spiritual crisis is, is we're seeing a, and we've been seeing this for a long time, a distorted view of anything that has sexual themes in our music, which was a little bit in the Super Bowl, less than uh, some years, but we see it in uh, in just music in general. We see it in our movies. We see it in TV and books. We see it basically in art. And of course, we have 
uh, modern art, we have pornography, studies tells us, that is literally changing the brain. Did you know that? That when you're, you know, anything that you take in, you know, through your eyeballs, it, it affects your brain. The things that we bring in, the things that we feed ourselves in this way, not only, it's not just affecting you emotionally, but maybe the reason it's affecting you emotionally is because it literally is changing the way your brain works. It's changing the neurons and structures and things as the cells divide and do different things. Pornography has been shown to change the brain in very, very bad ways. And I think that's one of the reasons that we're seeing so many problems with our teens and, uh, and in divorce rates going high, problems in marriage, problems in the way that we look at each other. I think pornography has an awful lot to do with a lot of the gender discussion that is out there that's that's taking off. Some of that conversation is not really new. Why is it taking off the last 10 years? Why? I think pornography. Just to be perfectly clear, you should stay away from it. Get help uh, if you can't. Studies show that young people are having less premarital sex. Did you know that than before? That that number has actually gone down. But this is not some kind of cultural, spiritual victory. The studies show that it's because of the proliferation of pornography. Because now kids all have a machine in their pocket that is a called a smartphone that basically is a pornography machine for them. Our birth rate is in decline as a nation. You know why? Probably the pornography, that we're more interested in that than being with other people. The birth rate declining, by the way, all this discussion that's in the news, this back and forth with Republicans and Democrats about whether or not we're going to have to cut Social Security or Medicare or social programs and the different approaches to that. The math says that one day you have to cut anyway, but let me tell you something. If the, if the birth rate goes down, which it is going down in our country, if the birth rate is going down, then you, it destroys all of those programs. You know, if you want Social Security and you want to get it, uh, you know, when you're 65 or 68 and not when you're 88, you need lots more people to be born and have jobs and be paying into it, you see. And if the birth rate goes down, the social programs cannot function. It's very interesting how all of these things, people like to say, no, this is a personal decision for me. I can do this. It's not affecting anyone. I'm doing these things, whatever it is, in the privacy of my own home. And you can apply that to pornography or, or sexual things, but you can also apply it to drugs and alcohol abuse and things like that. And you say, no, it's just I'm doing it myself. It's just about me. It's not because it affects the entire system ultimately. It, you know, when you are having uh, more and more people in the hospital for drug-related problems, you are affecting the cost of health care. You're affecting insurance rates. You're affecting what people actually pay. You're affecting taxes and what the government actually has to pay into health care, which is a lot, by the way. It's a, it's a big deal. And the sexual things in our nation, we're in decline probably because of it. And there are sexual scandals that bring distraction, distraction and disgrace to leaders at all levels in the government, to church leaders, business leaders, political leaders, everywhere. See, this is a spiritual battle. It's a spiritual crisis. Paul called it right in 1 Corinthians. That's what they were dealing with, and we're dealing with it the same. Uh, You know, the Bible is not silent on this subject. It's just hardly preached. Do you know that there's a whole book about how to date and how to be attracted to one another and about what sex is for and where it's for? It's called the Song of Solomon. Old Testament book, and it's graphic when you read it. Uh, you should you should study that book for, for what it is. Don't let anybody tell you that it's just an analogy of Jesus and the church. It is. It, you know, probably one of the best examples of the gospel is actually in that book, uh, if you preach it well. But it's also about a couple who 
see each other. They're physically attracted to each other. They would like to be with each other in a sexual way, but they hold off until they're married. And it tells you why. It tells you why that's a good thing. It allows their love to grow. It allows them to draw closer to each other. You see that they're attracted not just, not, you know, eventually they're attracted not because of their physical appearance, but they're attracted because of each other's character. If you're going to do something for Valentine's Day, whatever it is, boost somebody's character. Talk about what you like about them as a person. You know, guys, if you're writing your your spouse a, a card or if you're going to say something, make sure that she knows that you're in love with her mind. That is attractive. And ladies, the same thing, that you appreciate your guy. He probably doesn't need a gift or chocolates or flowers. He needs, he needs a gold star. He needs to know that you notice that he's working hard for you. And don't add the word but to it. Uh, just, hey, I appreciate what you do around the house. I appreciate these things that you do. Guys, that fuels us. We just need that. Uh, it's the criticism that, that, that we don't need. It just does not help. And guys, you know, make sure that, that she knows that she is loved, that she is protected, that you are there for her, that you're in love with her mind. It's all right to tell her that she's beautiful because she is. Do that, but that's not where that should end. The beauty has to be about who she is, how she perceives herself. Take an effort to do that. That's what Jesus does for you, by the way. You know, the ultimate message is that we, you know, the metaphor in Scripture is that Jesus is the bridegroom and we're the bride. The church is the bride. And we get married. And the, when we go to heaven, there's going to be the wedding supper of the Lamb, and it's fantastic. And it is, you know, the cake will be good. No one will be disappointed. It's going to be a wonderful thing. And what happens is, is that he gets all of our sin. You know, when you get married to somebody, they get all your stuff. Jesus takes all of our sin, all of our hardship, all of our woes, all of our insecurities, all of our anxieties, all of the things we wish we could have done better. He takes all of those upon himself. He did that on the cross and he takes care of them. And what we get from Jesus is his righteousness, his perfection. That's, that's the deal. We get that by faith. We get that because we trust God for it. It's a wonderful story. So if you're going to use Valentine's Day for a good purpose, build somebody up. Do it in a, in a way that is Christ-like. Look at the heart just as Jesus does. Be a person who is, you know, if you're single and you're just kind of wondering what to do, you know what, work on your heart, work on your character, those kinds of things. Uh, that's what ultimately is attract, attracting to the right person. And when you're with the right person, it's a good deal. Uh, and that's what you should do. All right, we can say a lot about that. When we get back, Eric Metaxas will join us as we get to Hour 2 of Southern California Live. I'm Scott Furrow, your host. We'll be back as the Tuesday edition continues. Stay tuned. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.